The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Interesting people, relatable stories, relevant, topical. This is 630 Chad Afternoons with Jaylen Nye. We're broadcasting live this afternoon from the Enjoy Light Festival. It is Military Monday. We sent out the invitation to our military contacts and said, come on down. And if you're, if you're listening right now and going, hey, I didn't, I'm in the military. I didn't get one of them. Go to the MFRC's uh, Facebook page. You can find all the details uh, right there. Um, and again, just spectacular. And I just can't wait to see when the when the sun goes down, when everything is all lit up, just mm-hmm. how gorgeous this is. If you want to check it out yourself, you can do so. It's really easy. Um, go on online uh, to the web page, enjoylightfestival.com. It's open until January 5th, so still lots of time to check it out. Come get, your, get some really cool pictures taken down here. Um, I've seen a whole bunch of them on social over the past uh, week or so, and it looks really, really great. So um, our next guest, we've been talking about... Um, having parents in the military and maybe have parents as a first responder that it can have a big and sometimes a negative impact on on children especially true if parents are struggling with one of these occupational stress injuries that we had mentioned earlier these osis well wounded warriors canada has launched a new program developed by two edmontonians called warrior kids and one of the women behind it helena harlick joins us this afternoon Nice to see you again. Oh, it's great to see you too. It's been a long time yes. now. Um, you used to work at the Military Family I Resource did. Center. That's where we first met. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. What was it? You've been a you've been a social worker for for years now. Yeah. What was it about working with military families um, that that drew you to that work? Ah, uh, you know, I think my passion started uh, back. I. I first started in 2007, so that was right at the sort of height of mm-hmm. Afghanistan mm-hmm. deployments. And um, you just hearing the stories, I mean, you get privy to listening to stories as a social worker. Yeah. Um, you instantly develop this connection or relationship of um, wanting to kind of just support them and um, kind of figure out what, what they need what they need to get through um, that, those unique challenges. Well, boy, oh boy, you must have been busy during that time it, as well. Yeah, it was, uh, it was sort of, uh, I guess, career changing uh, then because Afghanistan, the combat deployments was a unique feature at that moment for Canadian Armed Forces mm-hmm. and of course for families. And we were, as mental health professionals, looked toward to support them mm-hmm. and so as a mental health professional well, we were looking to see you know what are evidence-based practices on supporting families mm-hmm. and um, at the time uh, you know we're, we've come a long way from 2007 um, to really uh, finding uh, evidence-based uh, quality programs for families but at that time you know, we really just were sort of at a scramble. You were, it was, it was all new. It was, it was just learning, right? And of course, you know, we went through a number of, um, a number of deaths. I mean, by 2007, I mean, that was five years after the first deaths in Afghanistan. Um, but yeah, and learning how to adjust to that and then those needs of those families. Oh, yes. And children were, I mean, we would, I would have families, I would have teachers, Mm -hmm. um, contacting the social work uh, team and saying, you know, how do we explain to our children 
that um, dad or mom they're going to be okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because they're in school with children that you know had a parent with a very serious injury, yeah. um, a death, or you know serious concerns that um, people weren't prepared on how they could support uh, you know the whole community. And I think that was uh, really important for for the mental health generally for Canadian Armed Forces to uh, really look at how we can support them. So give me, tell, tell me the story about uh, for you transitioning for, out of really working yes. with military members into first responders. Right. Well, uh, you know, the one thing that was, that I learned is uh, military and, res- and first responders, they have a very unique culture. And we started to learn that um, there was this mindset that is um, unique, um, that is still um, very important to to tap into with first responders, that is military uh, as well, like policing, uh, correctional, um, all those first responders that are talking about. Um, And that can become a barrier for for families seeking services Mm. if the service provider doesn't understand that unique mindset, Mm -hmm. that culture. Um, and first responders fit into that category as well. And uh, we're kind of now just in the last few years really realizing, you're right, first responders have been impacted by trauma mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the same thing that the military uh, veterans, uh, and they've held the gold standard for support services at this point. So you're now working with Wounded Warriors Canada. How did that come about? Yeah, so a few years ago, uh, well, my my passion for military family work with so, with social work has started basically my first day when I worked at 2007, <laughs> and then started recognizing I need to do my master's to really specialize in the the support of trauma and combat trauma with you know the military families system, um, and then that led me into wanting to do research, uh, and then into my PhD. <laughs> and wanting to really look at uh, understanding uh, youth resiliency in the Canadian Armed Forces. And the Wounded Wars Canada offers the only uh, Canadian doctoral research scholarship for military family research. And I applied and got it. You got <laughs> it. And now we have the Warrior Kids yes. program, which uh, the pilot ran this past fall. Tell us about Warrior Kids. Right, so Warrior Kids uh, is a program developed for children that um, have a parent impacted by an operational stress injury. And now, um, of course, it's it's through Wounded Warriors Canada, so it's open to military, veteran, and first responder families. And uh, the, the program is designed to help really uh, build resiliency. Uh, children, they're still thriving, mm-hmm. uh, but we're really bringing them into that peer-based social network component uh, in and helping them, you know, reduce that isolation from that piece. So the kids come in, what do they do? What do you teach them? Yeah, so the first thing we, we, we talk about is we help them learn a little bit more of what is an OSI. Uh-huh. It's an invisible injury. So for adults, it's hard for us to understand. So for children, it's just as difficult. Uh-huh. Uh, so we know that if we can create um, age or developmentally appropriate information, that can be very important for them. And it's so necessary to helping them thrive. So we help that. And then the program also helps the parents uh-huh. um, give them the tools because they're often at a loss as to like, they sometimes don't talk about it because they're not sure what to say. Um, so we, we support the, the family in that piece, but then we, we do that um, education in the camp. 
Um, the second part is um, they connect with other peers, so the social support. And then the third part is allowing them to do, um, it's play-based therapy. So everything is learning through play. Um, we go out to, uh, they do animal-assisted therapy out um, mm. at a ranch mm-hmm. uh, and uh, learn coping skills that that are helpful for like everything in their life not just the osi helena the the kids involved with the uh, warrior kids camp age 8 to 16 yes and how does one if you're if someone is listening right now you know maybe a a police officer a firefighter a, a paramedic and said you know what i think my kid could really benefit from something like this how would they find out more about it yeah so they can actually go on and and uh sign up and do a pre-registration and then we do an intake. So they can go to Wounded Warriors Canada mm-hmm. website and uh, there's uh, on their program, it says Warrior Kids Camp and the link they just click on and um, they'll get a phone call from myself to do an intake and uh, kind of let them know about when the next camp is coming up. So this pilot was done this fall. What were the results like? Oh, you know, it was, I mean, I'm, of course I'm biased, but it, <laughs> um, we, had, we had spaces for 25 kids and we had all 25 kids uh, attend and show up, nice. which um, does not happen with a free camp. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it was two days and it was overnight mm-hmm. and uh, just, uh, I mean, it was a superhero theme and uh, we... Yeah. No, this is the impo- one of the important part too. You said it's fully funded, so right. it's fully funded. So the parents aren't on the hook for this at all. No, no. Uh, it's it's amazing that that is a barrier. We know that. Yeah. And uh, even if families, I mean, unfortunately, we know with mental health, uh, families do have some support through their benefits, but often you pay upfront mm-hmm. or um, innovative, creative, evidence-based programs like this are still not funded. Hmm. So it becomes a barrier. Okay, but it's going to be running next year across yes. the country. Yes, so there will be uh, a few more camps across Canada. And then, of course, we'll be doing our, our second one here in, in Edmonton out of Camp Van S. And just amazing facilities, indoor pool, and just a lot of fun. Helena Harlick is um, one of... Twin sisters, actually, yes. that developed the Warrior Kids program, which is uh, now through Wounded Warriors Canada. You can find out uh, more by going on to Wounded Warriors. And this is interesting, too, because Wounded Warriors, up until this point, really just focused on adult programs. Yes. This yes. is the first time that they've done the kids program. Absolutely, yes. So they the pilot ran... Are we going to see more kids fall? programs, do you think? I mean, I hope so. I think, you know, my, my thing over the 14 years of practice has been... When we say family, mm-hmm. do we mean adult couples or yeah. do we need do we mean family? <laughs> well, and I think as well as if if we're if we're <coughs> excuse me developing that strong resilient background in a child, how special that is growing up. You know, yeah. you know, maybe don't need as much help, yeah. and not that there's anything wrong, but maybe that they have more of that strength and that power and that resiliency as they get older. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I think um, one of our important strategies, too, has been that often the service member, the veteran or that first responder, mm-hmm. doesn't want to actively seek treatment. Yeah. There are major barriers still um, preventing them. 
And that shouldn't prevent the family from getting support. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be trauma treatment. Mm -hmm. um, we still can provide um, fun, evidence-based programming for children um, and support the family. Well, good job, Helena, to you and your sister. I'm great to see, I'm, I'm so happy to see this, this happening and I'm looking forward to reading more about it and the success stories coming out of it. Um, Merry Christmas Thank to you. you. I, you're going to have, it's just going to be busy with a 16-month-old. Yes. Um, but uh, do you have plans or plans for Christmas or? Uh, you know what? Just, it revolves around him. <laughs> <laughs> with a four-month-old grandbaby. I'm learning the same thing. Helena, yeah. it was great to see you again. So Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you so much. All right. Much. Congratulations. All right. We'll continue the broadcast live from the Enjoy Light Festival after this. Continue the broadcast uh, this afternoon from the Enjoy Light Festival. You can find out more at the website, enjoylightfestival.com. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, you can check out what we've been talking about here. And as the sun starts to set here in the capital region, uh, the, uh, the decorations just starting to glow even more. It's absolutely beautiful. So a special place on this Military Monday at the Enjoy Light Festival. The doors open at 4 o'clock. Looking forward to welcoming uh, members of our military community here this afternoon. I uh, want to welcome now the Executive Director of Wounded Warriors Canada, the one and only Scott Maxwell on the phone this afternoon. Hey, Scott. How are you? I'm good, friend. Nice to talk to you again. We were just talking with Helena about that great Warrior Kids program. Boy, oh boy, that's a, that's a nice piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I heard. I listened to it. I caught it just to, you know, obviously to see what she had to say. She's obviously, Helena, is a big part of our team and in this new um, new program area as part of our overall spectrum of care. She kind of said it best when I think, when I, in watching how we've developed our programs and, and trying to find gaps to fill, which is what NGOs really should be doing. Um, you know, one of the things we came across all the time was the conversation was always about family, you know, supporting military families. But when you actually looked at what support was actually there, historically it's just been for the individual, barely for the spouses and partners and nothing for kids. Mm -hmm. So we've been really working hard to do our best with our clinical team to fill those gaps. Scott, um, you know, it was on, on the webpage again today on the website, the Wounded Warriors website. And every time I go on there, I'm always, I'm always shocked by some of the numbers that I see on there when it comes to, you know, um, you know, the folks living with OSIs, the you know, PTSD, the suicide uh, numbers. And uh, are, are we seeing change happening, or? not enough change fast enough when it comes to these things? I think we're seeing change happen on the comfortability of people to put their hand up and reach out for help. One of the things that I worry about in my position is is the disconnect that does exist across the country between having a conversation about mental health, reaching out for resources and support, and then what is available on the other end in terms of accessing timely mental health care. I think we've got a long way to go in Canada with that respect and it's something that we deal with as an organization with our own programs every 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 day, week, and month because mm -hmm. it is, as you look, when you're looking at statistics, evidence, and data, one of the barriers to care is often timely access. And I think that's a massive, uh, massive gap that exists in Canada that we have to do a better job of and all stakeholders need to do a better job of. 
Well, and you know what, Scott? I mean, this time of year, of course, we know that uh, for a lot of families, it's a lot of fun and there's a lot of enjoyment, a lot of happiness. But this time of year can be very, very difficult for a lot of other folks. And so, you know, we're waving the flag here this afternoon um, as well is, you know, it's okay to, to own those feelings that you have right now, but not be afraid to reach out because there is help out there even during the holidays. There is, and, and that's the other thing, too, is as much as on the one hand we've come a long way because more people reaching out for help uh, and accessing care. I mean, my goodness, through Wounded Warriors Canada just this past year, we've supported over 2,000 uh, members and their families across the country. That's veterans, first responders, and their families. So, you know, these numbers, we weren't providing this kind of support to our organization just a couple of years ago, and there's others out there that are doing uh, similar things. So absolutely reach out, access help, even though you might not... Uh, get into a program necessarily tomorrow the fact is you might be in case the process will be underway to get the help that they deserve so there's a lot to it talk to a friend family members there's people that want to listen the people that want to chat there's absolutely one thing is certain that no one uh, is alone no one should feel alone despite how difficult this time of year can be and frankly life with an operational stress injury in our case the folks that we support like ptsd Scott Maxwell is the executive director at Wounded Warrior. Scott, as mentioned, we were talking to Helena about the Warrior Kids program, but there's another program uh, coming up. It's called the Spousal Resilience Program. It's the first of its kind in Canada. The pilots are, are set to run in the new year. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, and I think, Helena, just to pick up on what she was saying, how I mentioned uh, just about the fact that there's, to a military family, there's the individual, there's the spouses and partners, and there's kids. In this case, we, we've you know, developed programs that treat couples together, spouses and partners together. But the other side of the thing we've heard from, from spouses is it would be really nice if we had a program for ourselves. So the conversation, you know, might not always default to the old injured member. It might stay, you know, in, in their realm. I thought that was a really great point, and certainly our clinical team has heard that over the years. So we're, we're excited, frankly, to announce this new style of resiliency program. We'll run pilots in January and, and in March. So really what it is, is it's to get the spouse and partners that often, you know, have no support, uh, are not provided with training to, you know, live with members who deploy or first responders who are struggling with what they see and trauma-related injuries generally, to equip them with resiliency and tools and psychoeducation to help, uh, help, them, help support them in their efforts to support their loved ones, their kids, their social networks, uh, and everything they do personally and professionally. So we're... This is, I guess, unfortunately, there's been nothing like this in Canada historically, but we're certainly excited to begin to fill a bit of that gap. Well, Scott, Wounded Warrior certainly has grown over the past number of years, and if people want to find out more about it, the website, woundedwarriors.ca. If, if someone wanted to get involved with one of the programs, um, is that the best place to start, Scott? Yeah, every page has their own independent application uh, system, so they would just apply there. It is all in intake clinically from our team across the country, in Alberta for in this case, and you know that's how everyone mainly is accessing them. The key, I think, what's important for us is the having it be anonymous, having it be you know we're a third party organization not attached to any level of government or or service, and there's trust in that, so it, it works. Scott, always great to talk to you. Hope to see your face in Edmonton in 2020 sometime. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Thanks to you and all your listeners and everybody in Alberta for their support of Wounded Warriors Canada. 
Thank you so much, Scott. Happy Christmas to you as well. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for this. It's uh, Wounded Warriors Executive Director Scott Maxwell joining us this afternoon. We'll take a break here for the 3.30 News. Uh, again, broadcasting live from the Enjoy Light Festival.